Well, Maricopa County seems to be in a lot of trouble. Well, not really. I mean, who's going to hold him account- accountable? <laughs> who's going to get him in trouble? That's our big problem. People are too uh, afraid or corrupt or both to actually hold lawless people accountable, lawless people like Katie Hobbs, Secretary of State in Arizona, who is at the top of the list. She is the head of the snake. She is responsible for conducting free, fair, efficient, correct elections in Arizona. And a lot of Republicans are upset, although if I can just run over to Twitter real quick, follow me at EarthFox. See if the Arizona Republican Party has said anything. Pinned tweet. Blake Masters will be the Republican nominee for United States Senate. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Lots of congratulations. Here we go, an update on the Pinal County election disaster, they call it. Well, at least that's showing a little bit of spine. Look, it's human error. Um, there is a, the Secretary of State attempts, attempts to help all of um, the various election directors, and they give us some um, formulas to calculate and ideas that we should think about when we're calculating the number of ballots we need to order. Um, specifically, they tell you to look at past elections. They look at voter turnout. There are all of these numbers, but ultimately, and they tell you there are all of these additional factors, and it comes in, the, in their guidebook. And then you have to take it, and you have to, to compile that information. You have to use some deduction, some reasoning, and then you have to make estimates based on what those numbers are. Quite frankly, we underestimate it. And then what you announced your findings using a microphone made out of napkins, apparently. Thanks. Where are all the taxes going in Arizona? Certainly not to microphones. Nice job, Pinal County. Well, here's the thing. They've got 4,351,000-ish registered voters in Arizona. So maybe start with that many ballots. And then print a few extras just in case, you know, somebody spills coffee on. I mean, why? why? I'm no one. I mark some college on my job applications. I would argue 90% of people in Arizona could have printed enough ballots to not freaking run out on election day. Another factor to take into consideration could be that 5.1 million people voted in Arizona in 2020. Now, that is kind of interesting. 
Only 4.3 million registered voters, but 5.1 million votes cast. Hmm. That might be worth some investigating. Where did all those extra voters come from? And even still, I mean, I, I dug through the most current information that I could find. And even in a PDF on the Secretary of State's website shows 4,351,446 registered voters as of January this year. Now, unfortunately, we won't know how many people attempted to vote in this election until they pull their heads out of their collective asses and get all the votes counted. But I don't know if this is evidence of cheating. It sure seems like it. And there's... 256,739 registered voters in Pinal County. How many ballots did we print for them? We may never have the answer to that. Now, if you go back and look at the voting results from 2020, Pinal County appears very liberal. Joe Biden won Pinal County. Mark Kelly, the Democrat, won Pinal County as U.S. Senator. Tom O'Halloran, Democrat, won as U.S. Representative for Dick, uh, District 1. But let's go back and look at 2018. Well, very interesting. Republican senator won. Martha McSally. Republican congressperson Wendy Rogers won by a very narrow margin. Martha McSally won by 12 points. Paul Gosar, Republican congressman won by and got twice as many votes as the Democrat. And Doug Ducey, who's kind of proven to be a shitbag, still a Republican, won by another huge margin. So they had 118,345 ballots cast out of 202,079 registered voters. So did they not print enough ballots because they didn't want so many Republican votes? Did they not print enough ballots because they wanted to not... Did they not print enough ballots because they didn't want to have to make up so many Democrat votes to overcome the margin? I mean, if that was their intention, they failed. 
But if you're hesitant to believe that cheating is real and big cheating is real, because why, I mean, why would you only want to cheat a little bit? See, here's the thing. This is why you shouldn't believe that it's outrageous to think that somebody wouldn't cheat or to think that somebody would cheat to steal an election. I bring you this article from the New York Post on June 1st, 2019. Reed Tucker wrote, At first, the 2016 NBA Finals didn't look like they were going to be much of a contest. The Cleveland Cavaliers trailed the Golden State Warriors 3-1, to and a mercy kill appeared imminent. And then the Cavs caught a break. Draymond Green, Golden State's starting forward, was suspended in Game 4 for a tussle with LeBron James, a head-scratching decision to some who felt the punishment was unwarranted. Cleveland went on to win the next game by 15 points. In Game 6, the Cavs also enjoyed some luck after Golden State sharpshooter Steph Curry fouled out, something that had not happened for three years. His wife quickly tweeted, Sorry, this is absolutely rigged for money or ratings. I'm not sure which. The series went to a seventh game, and Cleveland ultimately squeaked by with a four-point victory, winning its first ever title. To Brian Toy, author of the book, The Fix is Still In, More Corruption and Conspiracies the Pro Sports Leagues Don't Want You to Know About, out Tuesday, something fishy was definitely going on. The ending felt a little too good to be true. Quote, I thought that series was manipulated, he tells the Post. A lot of strange things happened, and it all, cult- uh, it all culminated in LeBron James bringing a title home for Cleveland. As endings for the season went, it was the most storybook imaginable for the NBA. James one of the most famous athletes on the planet, finally achieved his dream of bringing a championship to his hometown of Cleveland and in the process, delivered hope to a long downtrodden city. Cleveland was even dubbed Believeland. Could the fix have possibly been in? We'll probably never know, but Toy's book chronicles a myriad of ways that outcomes can be manipulated, either by the players, the officials, or the leagues themselves. An author on a series of books involving sports conspiracies, Toy's work is based on publicly available media reports. His own interviews with athletes and sports figures and blah, blah. I don't want to read this commercial for Homeboy's book that's three years old. But I am interested in reading it. (laughs) One of the biggest offenders, he claims, are the leagues themselves. Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, the National Football League, and others have the power to nudge the outcome of the games if they choose to do so. Because, yes, they employ the referees. The biggest takeaway that I tried to impart is that it's not illegal for a sports league to fix its own games, Toy says. There's no law that prevents it from happening unless bribery is involved. They can manipulate their games to add drama and excitement to make storylines last longer than they should and to promote certain athletes. Is this starting to sound familiar, people? 
I don't think anything is stopping them, he continues. The only thing that prevents them from doing it is their idea of integrity. But when you look at sports and see the criminals who are allowed to keep playing and the use of performance-enhancing drugs, their integrity can definitely be questioned. Speaking of questions, have you ever wondered why the finals matchups tend to be the biggest team on the West Coast and then against the biggest team on the East Coast? You ever wondered why the Patriots were always in the Super Bowl? Patriots got in trouble for cheating. Well, they didn't really get in trouble, did they? They got caught. Toy admits that finding conclusive proof is difficult, at least in the U.S. Global scandals, on the other hand, are as routine as midfielders faking injury. Earlier this year, Spanish officials busted a ring that conspired to fix tennis matches, reportedly involving 30 pro players. Soccer, too, is rife with scandal, both in the World Cup and in the overseas professional leagues. But many Americans believe corruption isn't happening here. Toy says we're just not looking hard enough. Evidence that contests have been tampered with are out there, involving almost every major sport, and there are numerous ways that a thumb could be put on the scale. It's because of the money. The end. The NBA is worth billions of dollars. And these are business people. They don't take risks. They want to see return on investment. Are they going to leave that kind of thing up to chance? Okay, now let's do elections. At what point do businessmen become so invested in the politics of the country that they're willing to cheat and take risks? What kind of risk is it when you can cheat an election, install the president of your choosing, and then tell that president that he's going to appoint this attorney general who will not prosecute you based on any of the evidence that could be found to prove that you helped cheat an election. Looking at you, Mark Zuckerberg. Who's coming after him? Supreme Court judges throughout the case, based on standing, refused to look at the details. Weren't interested. Now, why is that? Well, why did Cleveland win the championship in the 2016 season? Because somebody paid for that to be the outcome. You don't have to fear penalties if you don't have to fear judges and you don't have to fear prosecutors. Paul Pelosi just pled not guilty to a DUI in which he was smashing up other vehicles in his car. Not guilty. Anything going to happen with that? Don't hold your breath. I, I, was, I was really shocked when I found out that lawyers could actually get you out of a DUI. 
How much evidence do you need to convict somebody of a DUI? Oh, yeah, you got pulled over, you failed a sobriety test, uh, you blew over a .08 into the breathalyzer, and somehow a lawyer can still get you out of a DUI. And there's this tactic. It's so bizarre. You've probably heard of it. If you crash your car when driving under the influence and you happen to be able to run to a store to get a pint of liquor or, you know, a tall boy, you can drink that before the cops get there. And then they won't be able to prove that your blood alcohol was over the legal limit at the time you were driving, because it's not illegal to buy a beer after you crashed your car while you're waiting for the cops to show up. Are you embarrassed yet? This is the state of our justice system, and it is third world banana republic corrupt. So what are you going to do about it? I'm not saying, like, people get, I have great friends that have gotten DUIs. And I, I mean, personally, I, I don't know, DUIs are why I don't drink. Because you you literally can't drink anything and drive yourself home. But it's a slippery slope. It's a sticky situation. I don't I <laughs> I don't think we should be devoting a lot of resources to figure out how to relax DUI laws. Let's start with election laws. Let's start with Let's start with colleges. Because the more I look into colleges, and, and th this is what gets me going on it. When I go to uh, opensecrets.org and I look for Nancy Pelosi, actually, let's, let's see. This is, the better way to do this is Nancy Pelosi donors. And then that pulls up Open Secrets. We see that the top contributor is the University of California. And the fifth contributor is Comcast. So the University of California donates more to Nancy Pelosi than Comcast. And then I found this article from the New York Post. Written May 22nd, 2020 by Bob Fredericks. A probe by the Department of Education into colleges that accept foreign investments and donations has uncovered $6 billion in previously unreported foreign donations from United States adversaries, including China and Russia, a report said Friday. House Republicans were monitoring the investigation into the schools to determine if they were violating Section 117 of the Higher Education Act of 1965, which prohibits an institution of higher learning from failing to properly report foreign gifts of $250,000 or more. So legally, foreign entities can <laughs> foreign entities can donate 250 grand to colleges and the colleges don't have to report it. Then the colleges can turn around and donate that money to Nancy Pelosi. 
Does that sound like a <laughs> does that sound like a recipe for free and fair elections? What are foreign interests who are immune to American prosecutors for all intents and purposes? What else are they going to do to protect those investments? In a letter from the department obtained by the website, General Counsel Reed Rubenstein said that while some colleges recognize that foreign cash from U.S. adversaries could pose a security risk, others had become addicted to the money. And this gets back to the Mike Pompeo interview I talked about a couple days ago. MIT was afraid to let Mike Pompeo speak on their campus because they were worried that China wasn't going to give them any more money. And so here we are. Thank you all for listening. Follow me on Twitter. Send me an email. I'll be back. Goodbye.